Hey everyone. This recording was recorded a couple of weeks in advance to the decision with the Toronto Wolfpack. Uh, it's with Ben Hickey. It's still, I think, uh, a great listen and, and definitely worth the time. But if you're looking for Wolfpack-related news, that's going to happen in subsequent episodes. Um, but super happy to have had Ben with us to talk about what's happening in, in RLBC, and I hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to Out of Touch, a rugby league podcast dedicated to sports governance, league in non-traditional markets, and the challenges and successes of advancing the league domestically and abroad. Grab a bottle out of the 2-4 or grab yourself a fresh double-double and let's give her a. So figuring out the technical requirements needed to create a podcast when you're getting old, people might say, I am out of touch. My name is Sean Driver, and on this, our second episode, we welcome Ben Hickey, Director of Rugby League for Rugby League British Columbia, with the intention of getting an introduction from him as a history as to how he was involved in league. The year that was from a seasonless rugby development side in the province of British Columbia, and of course, with an assumption that COVID is no longer an issue, or maybe we can get on the pitch, what Rugby League looks like in BC next season. So, Mr. Hickey, I believe I've got you on the line. Yep. Sean, how's it going? Hey, good. Uh, for everybody who's listening, uh, we obviously get to hear each other's sultry sounds Monday when we're at a board meeting. But uh, give yourself an introduction. Uh, tell any of the listeners uh, who you are, um, your role with the RLBC, and uh, why not provide a history of um, your time with league? Um, yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me, Sean. Appreciate being here. Um, I am currently the director of rugby, I suppose, operations for Rugby League BC. I take care of the development and uh, the general running of well, rugby league operations, uh, basically getting everyone out onto the pitch. Um, I have been involved with rugby league as long as I can remember. Uh, since I was about four years old, I believe I started playing. Um, growing up in Australia, obviously the game was on offer for me then. Um, and that's what we're trying to achieve here now. So that soon enough, uh, young kids can jump on the field as well. Um, and then, yeah, I continued on playing, uh, throughout my adolescent years and into being a young adult, um, where, uh, becoming a young adult, met a girl, ended up following her overseas and that got me to this side of the world where there was no rugby league. Um, I've stayed here since and, uh, ended up meeting a few people who had the same ambition to get the great sport going over here. And um, yeah, we're just toiling away and doing our best. So that's, that's, uh, I, that's actually new information for me. I didn't realize that it was love that brought you over to Canada. I thought it was just a, you know, an affinity for the, the maple syrup or the poutine or something, you, something you along probably, those lines here. <laughs> you probably thought it was Whistler. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Oh, and or that for sure. Are you saying we have lots of Australians in a Whistler? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know for, for RLBC, it was uh, a rugby list year or league list year for us. As far as um, activity on the pitch, we did get some stuff in at the end, but uh an overview and oversight for the year 2020 and trying to develop rugby in BC. How did that go for you? Um, it was a little bit of a challenge, but uh, a welcome one. I mean, it's, it's always nice to be kept on your toes. So it was good. Um, 
where we are with the game at the moment. Um, just trying to set up the development and the actual structure of the game here. Um, it, it, we need the awareness for the game. So it's good to have people on the field, but in the same sense, the amount of work that needs to be done off the field um, is, is immense as well. So having that little break with COVID this year actually did help us out a little bit with just trying to get some structures off the field as far as development for our coaching, um, our coaches and for our match officials as well. Um, getting a bit of a long-term athletic development plan worked out um, for the players, um, trying to uh, design more programs uh, for juniors, mini programs coming in. We had the high school challenge uh, last year. We'd really like to expand off that and start to get into schools on a more regular basis um, and start to get uh, some more juniors involved in the game. I mean, it's, it's the only way we're going to keep the game going in the future. So, um yeah, so as, as far as being handcuffed for getting on the field this year or being limited with getting on the field this year, I think uh, we did a fairly good job at getting ourselves set up for the future. And, um, yeah, so we didn't waste our time. Uh, so, yeah, that was probably the best thing to come out of this year anyway. And I know as far as one of the things you focused on and one of the things that Paul and I discussed in the previous episode was sort of a, a direction towards getting – youth onto the onto the field but as far as that high school development that game structure what that was why don't you provide an overview uh of what happened last year because we were intending as i understand it the intention was to expand it um a, just a little tiny bit to at least add a couple more teams but uh do you have any insight as to how that was transpiring last year yep, or two so- years ago um yeah i suppose so now so last year it was uh well two years ago yeah it was um well, it was started up uh, the board, uh, obviously, been trying for years to get uh, into the juniors somehow. I think uh, we had a member last year that was uh, as part of, um, the, or he taught at high schools. Um, so he had a, a little bit of an in with the rugby crowd at high schools and things like that. So he basically just started throwing the word out there. I think he got a couple of bites and the next minute we just had something where, hey, we can throw this game on and get a bit of exposure uh, for some guys. So we ended up last year, I think it was a Vancouver uh, side and a Richmond side ended up playing in it. And uh, I got out to the game for a bit. I was busy that day, got out to the game for a bit and I was actually quite impressed. There were some good kids out there um, and it was great. And yeah, so that got everything started. Uh, I think we've had some interest then from some of the kids that played in that game that they want to start playing rugby league on a more, you know, um, regular basis. So that's why now we've got to, yeah, really start expanding and looking at uh, getting some programs going for those guys in high school and even before that. And this is a question that we never canvassed previously or while on the board or otherwise, but with the relationship that, I mean, you you talked about the skill set that a lot of those I guess that would have been high school age students would have had um, that has to be directly, I would suspect related to um, the development of rugby union uh, within the province. But do you see um, that skill set, that relationship, that as an opportunity to, to sort of access, access those students and, and maybe encourage them to, to get to know the game is, is part of the whole process and respecting that they've probably got a, a fair amount of the, the skills that they need to succeed uh, in league they've already developed. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's where we go. It's, rugby league is such a great game. It, it, it takes on so many aspects of different sports. 
So just having having actual athletes uh, come and try the game, they can they can realise the skills and that they bring from other sports are actually very easily adapted to rugby league. Um, so yeah, if kids are trying out union uh, in school and that then rugby league's a very easy transition, obviously. And even I know uh, last week on the podcast, you guys were talking about, and I've explained this a lot when I'm trying to explain the nuances of rugby league compared to um, rugby union is um, the American style of football. I, I find rugby leagues generally a mix between the two, if you want to look at it in a simple explanation. Um, whereas, yeah, you've got rugby league, you pass the ball backwards. You've got to be onside. It's the same as union. Um Whereas in American football, you've got the down system. So we have that in rugby league. So there's a little bit more structure to your plays and how you set up and how you, you know, you initiate your gameplay. Um, so that as well with over here, obviously football is introduced at a, at a lot younger level than um, union is over here. So kids have already got that mindset about the structure in sport. Um, so and then taking the athletic ability from rugby union and transition it into rugby league, you've just got that perfect match, right? So, and as far as what one of the things that we do have installed, initiated in place is sort of a player pathway as far as moving up from adult players, you know, and maybe those late teen players, adult players into the national program, but as the person responsible for rugby development within the province, how does that model work as far as trying to get those BC athletes to, to move on to the next level, that being representing Canada um, internationally, uh, the Ravens next year in the World Cup, as it were, and your role with that. Um, so we get, that comes down to, you know, it's part of the long-term athletic development plan that, you know, we want to grab them young and develop them all the way through. At the moment, yeah, we've got them at the age where they're adults and they're joining us and we're trying to develop them at this stage. Um, it's... It's, it's it's a lot of fun. We've just basically got to get it because you're teaching guys the game at the same level. You're trying to teach them to grow at an elite level, like very fast when they're playing that. So it's different to playing on the weekend socially with your mates and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, hey, we want you to represent the province and we want you to represent the country. We're going to have to teach you a couple of things here and there. But um, with the group of guys, guys and girls, the experience I've had in the past is the ability uh, – well, the ability they have to learn, but the want they have to learn, that's the biggest thing. They've got to come um, ready to learn and we're happy to teach. And it's just the the combination of the two meeting in the middle. And uh, that, yeah, that's how we get it done. When we talk about some of the potential on the field successes, I know that RLBC really only had those two events, right? We had that one event back in March, uh, the Tri-Rugby League that got some new people out. But as far as... Um, on the, the field activity, we had the, the skills and development competition, which I understand sort of had the dual, dual purpose. It had the, the purpose of, you know, the, the competitive side of things um, and, and tracking those, those times for the Ottawa Aces and the national programs. But it also was an opportunity to really introduce rugby league to some people who've never played the, the game before. So as far as being on the ground for that event, uh, how did that all develop uh, and what was the initial idea and what did it end up being? Yeah. So um, yeah, with that event, it uh, that came around a little bit late or well, not late, I suppose, but just towards the end of the season, we saw rugby league, uh, sorry, rugby union were out there. Um, they were able to get balls in the hands of people um, and rugby union do a really good job um, with the social aspect of their game. So they're getting numbers out at the clubs um, like that. We, we know we couldn't really compete with that at that stage. So we had to do something a little bit more competitive. 
and we wanted to get the clubs competing against each other. So that's where we developed the uh, the strength and fitness clubs challenge. Um, and through that, yeah, we got some new players coming out. Um, some guys we were lucky enough that obviously using those measured and timed events and some of the skills that we could benchmark, um, it was always going to be great for us, uh, for our provincial de- development squads, um, obviously for the national development squads as well. And now because we've got, uh, well, the Toronto Wolfpack have been around for a couple of years and now the Ottawa Aces joining, they're obviously looking for players as well, um, homegrown players. So it was a great event to join with them and, um, yeah, get some recognition for our guys. And in doing that, um, we had a couple of athletes come out of the woodwork because they wanted to get recognized by uh, the Aces. So, yeah, it, it really helped us out in quite a number of fronts, actually. Yeah, it was good. So I guess as far as one of our goals is to try to reach out and foster those relationships and those partnerships, and that involves reaching up towards the national program and the and the, the two professional teams that are currently in, in Canada. And it also means reaching down to the players who are maybe either potentially cross-code from union to rugby league as an option. Maybe it's ex-CFL or, or CIS football players who are looking. Maybe it's just other athletes who are saying, you know what, that's a sport that it's looked fun on TV. I want to give it a crack. So did did that whole experience, how, how did that develop, I guess, both going, the relationship going bottom up to the professional sports organizations and the national teams and also bottom down or from here down to the players who wanted to have a have a go with league? Well, it's it, it, it went really well. It went really well. It was a great uh, start with us and the Aces. Uh, obviously, there being a new club. So this was our first real uh, interaction with each other. Um, we've got two new national coaches just recently appointed this year. So Mike Castle again had uh, reappointed with the Ravens and then uh, Aaron Zimmerle with the Wolverines. So reaching out to them and giving them some benchmarking to start with from the provinces was a really good uh, start to the relationship sort of thing or continuance of the relationship. Also what it does is shows them that we've got players here that are ready to develop, that want to develop. So they're in the business of the high elite development uh, practices. They've got all the information we want, we need. Um, so now it's, it's you know, onto them to funnel it down to us and then we can implement it um, and they can help us out as we go along. So that in turn obviously encourages more athletes to come out and try it because we're getting all these development models or all these development uh, programs from uh, elite, um, yeah, elite organisations. Taking that conversation and then trying to progress it moving forward, uh, of RLBC has been sort of the the, the men's division, the men's co- club co- competition between the teams that have been there. Um, as far as incorporating the new event that we came up with during the COVID crisis, the late the Tri Rugby League event that uh, that started at the start of the season, and then we've talked about youth throwing that all in the hopper. Let's let's live in the dreamland that COVID is not an issue anymore. We don't have to do a return to play and worry about it next season. Um, In your perfect world, what does next season look like for RLBC and trying to take all of those things we've talked about and throw them into uh, the five, six months, seven months of programming? Um, No COVID. RLBC looks very busy next year. (laughs) I look very busy next year, which is a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great thing. So um, yeah, like you alluded to earlier, we, um, we put on the tri-league at the start of the year and it was a women's only tri-league at the start of the year. We we're going to have a couple more and fortunately COVID, uh, COVID jumped in there and stopped us. But um, 
that was the one thing we had the women's trial league this year because we were supposed to have a women's competition this year. It was going to be our first one. Um, so that was one point of growth this year for RLBC that we're looking forward to. Um, it didn't happen this year, but we were able to incorporate a women's competition as part of the skills and fitness challenge, which was great. We've got um, a lot of girls that are really, really uh, keen to get involved with rugby league. Um, obviously the Ravens playing in 2021 in the world cup has a lot to do with that. So um, yeah, we want to try and get them as much field time as possible. So the domestic comp for the women's um, uh, yeah, supposed to run this year, but we'll be going next year as well. So we, yeah, we'll start off with the tri league. We'll do a women's and a men's and hopefully um, we're working on it at the moment, but hopefully a juniors one as well, just to introduce it uh, at, a, at a level where it's comfortable for everyone just to come out and learn some of the basic skills of rugby league in a fun environment. Then um, after that, uh, we'd be putting on the skills and fitness challenge again. Uh, we realized this year that, you know what, it's a good event. And uh, if we can set it up without all these COVID rules and social distancing, it'll probably take half the time to set up and we'll be able to run it a little bit quicker <laughs> as well. So, um, but I think the event itself was very successful this year. Everyone had a great time um, out there. Uh, the clubs yeah, all had a lot of fun. Everyone involved um, was really pushing themselves. And it was good to see people had really missed well, a little bit in interaction with each other but the actual competition you know just a little bit of sledging with uh, over the line with the other team and stuff See, like that's that. what i was curious about because it's a completely different dynamic from guys who probably stared across at each other you know for the last couple of seasons and now they're they're running next to each other and yep. measuring just time only i was curious to see whether that uh the banter was was there and the, that comp- competitive spirit was there so it was Oh, you've just got to put club colors on them. That's the, that's the only <laughs> thing you got to do. <laughs> right on. And then it works well. So, yeah. And then, so with the skills and fitness challenge again, uh, we'll get that going before the season. And, and then again, that says, that gives us good benchmarking before the season for, for our provincial teams, for the national teams as well. And that way, if clubs want to run these tests or we want to run these tests at the end of the season, we can see what players have put in and improved throughout the year and what ones are serious about, you know, moving on and representing the provincial and um, national teams. Um, then from there, uh, we go back into our nines competition, which um, we run have run every year, quite successful, except for this year, obviously. But um, <laughs> prior to that, it's been a mainstay of the rugby league uh, calendar here in Canada, and uh, it's a great way to start the year. Um, the nines is very fast. Anyone familiar with rugby union knows the sevens, basically league nines is just the same, except way better. Um, we've got two, <laughs> two extra players on the field and we've got two extra minutes on the clock in each half. Um, other than that, it's yeah, rugby league rules. It's very fast and fun game. And we use that at the start of the season. So all our clubs can get out. And if you've got any people that are just curious about playing, it's a great day. It's tournament style. So people just come out and have a run with the clubs. And, uh, if they enjoy it, then a couple of weeks or a week or two later, we usually move into the domestic season. That's when the real fun starts. And I've come up with a question that I, we've never actually talked about the previous uh, in the year that I've had um, on the board. And and that's with respect to, I know that we have domestic clubs that end up competing in nines. And I know that they occasionally add new players who are interested in getting to know the sport. So we ended up putting them in club colors and saying, go out and, and kick it with the dragons or the, or the Cougars or whoever it may be. But do we, has there been, I know we've had touring sides that have played actual games against our rep teams but have we ever had uh, a non-domestic club compete in the nines tournament whether that be alberta ontario oregon california somebody come over and say hey we're going to stake a claim to this this nice tournament in vancouver yep the uh it it was originally the international 
uh, nines. And that was because the New Zealand police were in it the first year. They actually won it the first year. So yep. we put up a nice prize of a full kit for one of our domestic teams and New Zealand police come over, won it and took off with the kit. So awesome. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. It was all fine. It was all fine. And even uh, that year too, I believe we had enough Aussie guys on the sideline that uh, it was played in squamish the first year. Um, they just formed a barbarian side or a wombat side. They call it. I think that day, I think that's who ended up playing in the final, actually New Zealand police and the Australian wombat side. Yeah. So that, that was the first one. And then I know Alberta have been to one, maybe two they've come down to and participated in. Uh, we had Squamish one year, former team and come and try Merrilomas. Actually Merrilomas won, I think two of them at the start as well. Uh, rugby union team that would just put a Merrilomas team in for our nines tournament. And that was it. So, um, yeah, we've had a couple of different clubs come and try it out and, uh, and that, and yeah, everyone always has a bit of fun. So for anybody who's listening, we, we usually run that in the springtime, right? That's right April. In the springtime. Yep. And, and, and um, they can, they can message you and say, Hey, we're down in, uh, New Hampshire, Florida, Ohio, wherever. Ontario and we'll, we'll find them a spot and, and they can have a crack yeah, for the we'll, weekend. We'll, yeah. We'll have to see, we'll have to see the format and that but it's with um, fields availability and all the rest of it. That's, that's what's limited us uh, in the past sort of thing, how many teams we can actually accommodate. But um, yep. I mean, this year, the way we're growing and that, and hopefully if we can uh, snag a few more volunteers and things like that, uh, we're able to host more teams then I've got no worries. No worries. It out. Yep. hundred percent. Good stuff. So then, You've been uh, on the board almost since day one. Almost. Almost, yeah. I think I've been around pretty much, yeah, the whole time. Um, I remember I remember selling tickets for um, the dinners when we first started, just for raffles, uh, for dinners and stuff like that. And I remember I drove up to Kelowna one weekend for a game against Utah and I sat in a tent and sold jerseys. I sold one jersey, <laughs> and that was it. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's humble beginnings, but um, the, the joys of being the volunteer—you have to wear every single hat that's imaginable. It's out there, right? That's it, exactly. And it still is to this day. I mean, we've got so many jobs that go on. It's um, you know, you still end up doing so much, but I, I don't know. It's all part of the routine now. I've been doing it so long. It's just I wouldn't know what to do if I started giving away the jobs to other people. So if you were to look at the, at, at the, the growth of rugby league from the sports governance side, from the, the very first days to, you know, now we've recently changed the name and done the rebranding. We've got a different board here. Um, what would you say are some of the, the bigger changes differences as between start and end and then where you think uh, league is going in the, in, in the province? Oh, mate, um, I, I, I honestly say the, the passion for the game is the thing that's got the game through the whole time. So that's the thing that I can say every board member that we've had past, present or future has had a passion for the game. Um, yep. where, where it has differed uh, and improved, I'd say, is definitely with the, well, the dedication of a lot of the volunteers now, just putting in a lot more time. And I think... The, the, um, the professionalism, sorry, the professionalism has definitely improved, um, getting all the non-for-profit stuff and everything like that going now, be now getting to the stage where we're, you know, getting eligible for grants and things like that is massive. So, um, yeah, that, that's the big difference I'd say, um, is yeah, mainly the professionalism and everything like that. But as, as far as, like I said before, the passion for everyone involved over the years and, you know, people have got different skills. Some people come in and they're really good with doing the hard work, the hard yards with their hands and stuff like that. And other guys are better at, you know, jumping on a computer and doing some things behind the scenes. So uh, I think at the moment, the one thing I'll say with the board we've got at the moment, we've got a really good mix of 
everything that needs to be covered on a board. You know, we may be shorthanded, but I think we've, you know, everyone's realistic about what their role is and uh, what needs to be done here. Well, so, as far as the, you, you use the word shorthanded and, and Paul and I alluded to this in, in the last podcast. And when you, t- talking to people in, in Alberta, we had uh, just recently, we had um, a town hall meeting with a bunch of the, the provincial sports organizations and chatting about some of the challenges that they've got. It always seems to be that we end up turning to volunteerism and trying to draw people in. And so I, I know you've been at it for a while. Is there, is there a secret to success? Is there a way to go about doing this besides just talking about it and hoping that somebody hears this maybe and says, you know what, I want to be a part of committee, but do you have any ideas as to how to pull those volunteers in and maybe get them a little bit more involved in league? Those that are you know passionate about the sport. Yeah. I, um, I think the, the structure and where we're going now, just getting a bit more structure about the game really helps. Um, it, it's, it's fine to have people coming out, but if you've got five people coming out and you're like, do this, do that. And they've got to come to you for every single task and they don't know what's going on. It's easy for them to drift away and flake off sort of thing. Um, so I, I think, yeah, we're, where we are now, where we're starting to set up a lot more structure to these are our programs. This is what we want run. This is how we want them run. You know, if you, you want to do this, you've got to have accreditation or you've got to be, this will encourage more people to come out because they'll say, okay, I know what my role is when I get there. Yeah. Um, I've just got to sit there and love rugby league and follow these, these things <laughs> here and uh, away we go. That's about it. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's been hard going for a while, not hard going, but it's just been, you know, it's, it's been a slog like anything, you know, it's a, it's, you, you got to put the time in and put the effort in if you want to get the result. So, and, and that's the thing I, I look at it. I do a lot, you know, a lot of coaching as well. And I've got to look at it from that point of view. If I ask my players to sit there and dig deep and put in and get the result, I can't sit there and ask them to do it and not do it myself. So you, you for know. sure. I get that and appreciate that too. <laughs> So I, I'm going to take the opportunity to thank you for taking time out of your day to, to join us here. I know that uh, in the future, we're going to look to reach out to the other areas uh, across our borders to do that, but thought it was important to get uh, the perspective from somebody who's maybe a little long in the tooth, but uh, still puts in his time. <laughs> and so uh, very appreciative of, of taking the time out and thanks for joining us. No worries, mate. Thank you. Uh, thank you for giving me your ears. Appreciate it. We'll um, speak to you again soon, I'm sure. <laughs> Less than a week. All right. (laughs) All right. Take it easy, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. So moving forward, that's the essentially the introduction people involved with Rugby League BC will be adding uh, a couple of other components who assist and facilitate us. But the next step for the podcast to reach out to across the borders, Alberta, Ontario, uh, into the US and eventually around the world to talk about uh, the challenges in bringing league to non-traditional markets. So thanks, Ben Hickey, for that. And we'll catch you next time.